I have another bonus episode with a local real estate developer. Real estate development is interesting to me. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be one, but uh, it's an asset class that I think is a good diversifier and it's something that I'm just interested in learning about more in general. So um, I've had a couple of real estate folks on here, but Jeff Brand uh, is a uh, local developer specializing in retail and restaurants. And I was real curious to find out how COVID has uh, impacted that industry now and moving forward. So great conversation. Learned a lot. I think you'll enjoy it. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now, Here's Philip. All right, I'm back with another episode of Ask Philip, and I have a special guest today, Jeff Brand. And I say special because Jeff and I actually have have only met on uh, social media. We have not actually physically met yet. But um, and, and Jeff, I hadn't shared this backstory with you. I'm gonna I'm I'm formally introduce you as I finish. But the backstory was, you know, I'm a I'm a you know liquid investment guy, stocks, bonds. Stuff and real estate for me is, you know, it's interesting and it's an asset class and you got to have it to diversify. But I'm, you know, I would, I would never get in the in the ring with with the professionals like Jeff because it's a, it may seem like a simple business, but it's a complex business. But retail has always intrigued me um, because it seems like the hardest, uh, you know, the hardest part of the real estate business. Meaning, if you get it right, you can do real well, but it's really hard to get right. So. Um, so when I saw Jeff had been on the podcast talking about, uh, you know, retail and shopping centers, and I was like, oh, yes. Cause they, I, you know, I believe COVID uh, accelerated some of the changes that were happening in the industry. But, you know, I don't know. I'm a novice. So I'm going to ask an expert, Jeff Brand, all my questions. So thanks for coming on, Jeff. Well, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be with you today. Uh, so we're, let's, let's, let's get right into it. Let's. Let's talk about how, how you got into uh, real estate. Uh, okay. Just in, in general. Well, my background is I went to college in Boston at Boston University, and while living there, I I just got to experience what is how a city worked and how shopping streets worked, and they motivated me to to want to create a, environments that would become places where people in a community would want to be with each other and congregate and interact with each other. And so fast forward now, uh, many years, uh, I, my goal in the Dallas-Fort Worth market is to buy properties which we can renovate and bring art to through murals and try to create that type of place where the community will want to see each other and be, uh, be around each other. Additionally, our company at brand partners, we represent tenants in which we try to do this, something in, this, in a similar vein is to uh, bring good quality tenants to 
shopping centers into retail properties, which will be desired by the community and which will be a benefit to the community. Okay. So, so let me, let me, let me, let me kind of dig a little bit in there. So you, um, had, had you, had you thought about real estate when you were in college or like what, what about real estate did you just fall in love with? Well, I, mean, I, I, I know you talked about like, you know, the experience. When I, yeah, of course, when I was in college, uh, you know, my father's in the insurance business. He's very uh, successful life insurance salesman. And I had tested to become an insurance salesman through, I think I did it uh, through Northwestern Mutual you know, and took the aptitude test, et cetera. But, you know, once they said, okay, make a list of your 50 friends that you want to call when you start working, that kind of made me think I'm not really inclined to want to do that necessarily. But the thing I, I got a job, what happened was I got a job. I've always been entrepreneurial, even having a lawn mowing company when I was starting in seventh grade all the way through high school. And I got a job in the summer in Boston one year renting apartments to people. And what I loved most about it was the fact that I could get out of the office, walk around with them, show them the properties and just meet people and have a real great social interaction with different people every day. And every day was completely different. So I thought that's what I like doing. I think it's going to be great. I can help people solve problems. I can, I get a sense of accomplishment when they find something they love and the other thing I like about real estate business is your your potential income is is unlimited. It's it you can do as well as you're willing to work for, and so that was another aspect that I really like. So um, I look for an opportunity in the real estate business when I graduated. It's uh, coincidental that I just ended up in the retail side of things. Um, and got a couple of jobs up east uh, in New York and in uh, Boston, and then moved back to Dallas afterward and, and worked as a broker for, uh, I worked as a broker for about 10 years at large companies, at Weitzman Group and United Commercial Realty. And then I decided that I wanted to start owning properties. And so I went to work for one of our clients called Greenway Investment Company and spent six years there and then started my own company in 1990. And I'm sorry, in uh, not 1990, in 2010. <laughs> uh, and I've had my own company ever since. And I've, I love it and we've grown it and uh, and we're going to continue to grow. Awesome. So, so what, what, what do you see as the future for the successful mom and top mom and pop retail? Cause you know, you hear, you hear on the news, mom and pop is doomed and mom and pop is whatever. And, and, and this has been the case like since before COVID, but I guess COVID has, has got made those voices louder, but y'all have seen too since 2010 when you started the company, cause that's when they first were talking about mom and pop was big. Y'all have, you know, survive that Armageddon and you very likely will survive this next Armageddon. So what, you know, what are y'all doing or what are you seeing as, as, the, as the future, um, you know, for mom and pop retail and how to be successful doing it? Well, from my perspective is, you know, at, on the ground because the properties which we purchased are 
for the most part, occupied by local tenants, what I would call, you might call mom and pop, some I would call them immigrant entrepreneurs, a lot of them, who worked extremely hard to have a, a good business. You know, what you may read in the paper or what you may hear about is really a generalization because there's so many different types of retail and retailers and restaurants. Um, the I wouldn't want to own a business which is in direct competition with, with yeah. online selling right now, and you don't really see a lot of them any longer, such as your local dress boutique or your local sporting goods store uh, or things like that. But if you have a service-oriented business such as a uh, dry cleaners, nail salon, um, insurance office, and then restaurants, we see those guys have weathering the storm uh, pretty well. Of course, the restaurants that we had in our properties at the beginning of the uh, epidemic were required to close. So uh, we took the step to be proactive and reach out to them and give them work with them on their rent, rent abatement, trying to help them to not reach the point where they're on the edge of failure, but to uh, help them from the start to come up with a plan of how they're going to survive those three months or four months till they could reopen again and how to be successful. I think, uh, there's still obviously there's a second wave of of uh, of, of uh, the coronavirus that's happened this summer, which has kind of slowed things down a little bit. But I think uh, all of our tenants that are in our centers, including the national tenants, we have our we're getting all of our rent paid, and our tenants are while not probably doing as well as they did last year, they're still surviving and their business is still still going on. Um, so I think there's a lot of doom and gloom and I'm not trying to paint it a rosy picture, but I think you have to uh, look at what is, what are the circumstances in, for each particular uh, property that you might have or that, that or uh, neighborhood shopping center you might go to. Um, I think what you read a lot about are the national type tenants that already had uh, some problems prior to the coronavirus epidemic and uh, were either severely over leveraged because they were purchased by private equity or expanded too rapidly or had have a have a uh, business that is not really relevant any longer. But thankfully, uh, we feel good about what we own and while our tenants are, like I said, still open and operating, if they, we feel like there's going to be other uh, entrepreneurial startups that, or entrepreneurial local tenants that will want to backfill those spaces should they become vacant. So we're very bullish on what we buy and will continue to aggressively seek those uh, local, what I call like strip centers that you might see in the neighborhoods which you live. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting you say that because, you know, it, like everything else in life, you got the, the the media which creates opportunities for smart folks that know like what's really going on. Because for me and my wife, like we're foodies, and we love nothing more right. but finding finding obscure restaurants to go to, uh, you know, uh, and that's that's become like a hobby and a fun thing for us. So, um, so 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 like, right. what are your what are your thoughts on suburban life? Um, 
and and the, and, the, and let me preface it right because and again I don't know what's going on but I just get a feeling right? I'm like all right you had the the virus hit you had before people going towards downtown and I don't think downtown is going away but now you have folks that can remotely work and so you know suburban life might be picking back up but you know what what are your thoughts on that am I am I am I on the post and if so like how do you think suburban life is going to change uh, now that we can you know work more remotely. Well, if I look at it from a retail perspective or a restaurant perspective, I think that uh, it will be beneficial for for the the uh, neighborhood uh, stores and restaurants that can that can help. Because if what I think is going to be a challenge, and I and I heard this from some uh, restaurant experts yesterday, uh, Sam, uh, uh, on another uh, webinar I watched. Um, that they're having significant drop in revenue because their restaurants or many of their restaurants are located in uh, business districts. Um, whereas, and, and with the ability to work remotely, there's not as many people to eat lunch at their restaurants. However, in the suburban areas where you're working at home, I think people will still go out. They'll go out on the nights and the weekends, uh, to eat, eat on the patio or where they feel safe. But on the other hand, uh, lunchtime, dinners during the week that you can order and do pickup, takeout, delivery. So I think those restaurants have a good shot. I think downtown or the city type areas, uh, if you have an area which has uh, residential housing in it, I don't think that those people are gonna get up and all move to the suburbs. I think those are young people that have chosen to live there for lifestyle reasons. Um, I think they'll continue to uh, patronize those restaurants that are near them. I know that anecdotally, the young people that work at our office, the ones are in their mid twenties, they are just dying to be able to go out again and see their friends and hang out. And so I think once that comes back online, it'll, uh, it, it'll be pretty busy. I think the challenge is going to be, uh, again, with those uh, in those areas that don't have the residential surrounding because your point's very good is that if people can work from home, they won't be heading into their office. I think suburban office, this isn't retail. This is a, my opinion on office is that I think there might be a re, re uh, some more desirability for suburban garden style office where you can walk up one set of stairs to get to your office versus having to wait in line at five o'clock for your 40th floor elevator to come for you. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think uh, that is something which you might see more of. So you might see some of the, what might've been seen as uh, class B garden office, which may not have been as desirable, might have some more desirability. And that in turn will uh, help those uh, retailers and restaurants that are in the suburban areas in which those garden offices are located. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, and, and me personally, like I would, I would, I would love that. I think, I, I think I asked a friend of mine about, uh, we were, we were talking about uh, we work in that whole model. And I was like, I was like, yeah, you know, I, I wonder if they're going to start doing something like that, you know, in, in the suburbs. Cause that would be, you know, cause me and my wife work from, 
work from home now. Um, um, and so, but, 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 but you're, you're like, man, I, you know, if, if this is going to, if this is how the world's going to be for the foreseeable future, we're going to need, like you just said, some more office space out here to just have some, uh, camaraderie or see some, 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 some uh, yeah. adult human beings. <laughs> right. I mean, I can work from home, but not as effectively as I work in my office. I feel like I liken my day to getting up and like if I was a football player, it's like putting my pads on when I and putting my helmet on when I leave my house and go to work. Uh, some people can work in their house, but I I like getting up, leaving, going somewhere and working. Additionally, you know, I think there's a, a tremendous value in interaction, both planned interactions like meetings or serendipitous interactions, just uh, things which happen during the day that are really valuable and can be extremely uh, creative to your uh, income. Um, and just being able to, to get a new idea from hearing someone say something or being able to, to, to discuss an idea with someone in person, I think is valuable. I mean, Zoom is great, but uh, being able to overhear someone in your office on a phone call, then asking about that call and, um, discussing the opportunity that's arising from it or creating a strategy based upon that. You can't listen to people in your office if you're sitting in your house. Mm-hmm. And we're not task-oriented business people. We're deal-oriented business people. So if we're out trying to make deals, it is extraordinarily valuable to be around others. Nope. Yep. You, you are, you are 100% right. So, so over the next 10 years, which I know is a relatively long time in the real estate world, but what, you know, what's your, you know, big picture vision for like changes or, or opportunities over the next 10 years in the, in the retail and restaurant real estate space? I don't think people are going to stop eating over the next 10 years. And I think people will continue to, uh, want to have social interactions. That's just eating and interacting is built into our DNA. So mm-hmm. restaurant, uh, the restaurant industry, I think will continue to evolve to concepts which people want. It will continue to be exciting and interesting and attract people who want to, like yourself, they're seeking out new uh, experiences. Um, on and so I don't think that's going to change. On the on the retail side, I think you'll continue to see uh, um, the service businesses, those which you can't replace with Amazon, continue to do well. People, are, I don't believe that some, a woman's or a man's not going to go have a manicure and pedicure uh, online. So that's going to continue to go. You can't. I don't think you can get your haircut online. So that's going to continue to thrive. Uh, but uh, I think the challenges will be with those things which you don't have to leave your house to get. Um, but I will say that from what I see and what I've heard and read, uh, it isn't really, I think that a lot of strictly online retailers have found that having storefronts has been very beneficial to them where people can see their products, pick up their products, and uh, buy products there or experience them in real life. I know, uh, for example, uh, we, um, 
you know, Best Buy is a great example of that, how they pivoted toward their online model combined with their in-store model. We just bought a new uh, computer monitor, looked and saw what was in stock at Best Buy because we could, we could buy it online and go there and pick it up in an hour versus waiting two days from Amazon. Mm-hmm. So there's that, you know, so I think retail evolves. It, it always does, whether it's from the dry goods merchant to the specialty store to then the department stores, which was essentially amalgamation and, and grouping of specialty stores within under one roof mm-hmm. to the mall, which took Main Street and turned it inward to what lifestyle centers, which took the malls and turned them back outward. So. I mean, there is a constant evolution in retail. That's why it's so exciting, and that's why I love it. And, I mean, it, it coming full circle, and that's what my experiences living in Boston brought me to, you know, to where I am now. And, and, and what's gonna, I'm excited about what's going to continue to happen over the next 10 years. Well, and, and you, now, and me you per- part of, go ahead, no, go ahead, go ahead. I said, me personally, in 10 years, I hope I'm on, on the beach, but we'll just see about that. <laughs> but no, you, you, you hit on the nail, uh, kind of my, part of my follow-up question, because you know, I, I consider myself, a, when it comes to you know, tech and kind of new trends, you know, on, on, the relative cusp, on the relative cusp, but I, like you said, I even, like, I go into Best Buy. Like, like you, I look up, I just bought a MacBook Pro, but I, uh, and I was like, should I buy it offline from Apple? I was like, nah, I'm gonna look it up on Best Buy. I'm gonna go into Best Buy because I just wanted to, for that kind of stuff. I like the experience matter. If there was an Apple store close to where I am, I would have, I would have went to the Apple store. And uh, right. And, and so, like you said, I think, I think Best Buy figured out whatever that experience is that people like. Um, you know, um, uh, that they want to go into it. I go into it, or I go into into Dick's Sporting Goods instead of just buying my kids soccer gear. So I. I don't, I don't, right. I don't know what that is. Like, what, what do you think it is that, that they've done or Dicks have done to make you still want to, just go in there? Well, I think people want to see it and touch it. I mean, I look at uh, before I go to the bike shop to, you know, I research it online. I see it. It's so it. The internet can be a great research tool, and, but on the other hand, I'm not gonna, uh, buy a bike for my kid online because. First of all, it's big and bulky, and I can't, you know, what if it doesn't fit them, et cetera. So, I mean, at least what I do is, you know, I'll go and look and see if it's there, then go into the shop and let them try it out. <clears throat> the, uh, But, you know, there's I'm no expert on this. I just know what my uh, personal experience is. And, uh, you know, we, um, we do a combination. You know, we both buy stuff uh, to be delivered from uh, – on Instacart from the grocery store, but we also run into the grocery store to buy things. I think uh, there is a, again, I think it goes back to the human nature of wanting to be around people, seeing people, what they do. Uh, Retail merchants, the best ones are brilliant at what they do. They create environment that is alluring and attractive and makes people want to buy. I mean, it's attempted online, but I think, uh, you know, um, the experience of feeling and touching and trying something on is, has some value still. And, and, and then here, here's my last couple of questions. Uh, and it, this one I didn't, we, we didn't talk about, but it's something that I've just thought about. And I think it's a crazy idea, but I, I just want to get your thought. Like, I was like, hey, you know, we're trying to eat better. 
and we live in a, you know, we live in a nice neighborhood. And I was like, my, my wife was Kelly. I was like, Kelly, why isn't there like a, like a fresh, like a fresh uh, vegetable market? You know how you know how we had the markets back in the day where it was kind right. of like the farmer the farmers market in Dallas. But I was like, why don't we have something like that outside of neighborhoods like ours, which are like big three thousand home neighborhoods with high income professionals? Right. Like, why don't we have those so I can go get my fresh stuff for groceries every day like on the way home or i can run to go get it or walk to go get it because we got a bunch of runners and walkers and there's a lot of money can be made just around our neighborhood is, right. is that happening places or is that an idea that you think would work well it's it's a uh, probably tough to compete with the large grocers that have the ability to buy all that product but um yeah i mean i think you'll there are some hot some uh fresh food uh, specialty stores that are throughout Dallas. I think important also to to just as a tangent to your point is you can see there's a big attempt or not a big attempt, but there's an effort to bring fresh food to areas which are not as high income. Uh, and that's really important. I think you'll agree, right? Because uh, mm -hmm. you, like you said, you have the ability to get that uh, but um, I'm involved with an organization called the East Dallas Community Organization and by a uh, tennis and golf course in Grand Park. We're opening a storefront that will be pay what you can with organically grown fresh produce and fresh vegetables. And if someone is has the ability to pay, they can pay more. But if they don't have the ability to pay, they can pay less. So I think it's I think your idea of having small uh, places to buy fresh fruit, vegetables, and food is is excellent, and I think uh, it, it in bringing it to those areas which you know that they're buying their main source of shopping is at a dollar store, or convenience store. That's pretty mm -hmm. critical, you know. Um, yeah. But I don't know where uh, we don't really have at least where I live, we don't have really have like a produce market. Like, I don't know, maybe that would be something that would make a comeback. I think people do have a desire. They're cooking a lot more at home during this pandemic and maybe they do have a desire to have better food quality or better, better, uh, uh, local products. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I'd pay up to not have to go all the way into Kroger, uh, or, go all the yeah. way down to H-E-B -H and grab it. I just want to go grab the fresh stuff daily, but we'll see. You know, it's one of my weird thoughts where if I had, if yeah. I had a bunch of money, I would just try it just to see if it worked. So, uh, well, you know, it goes back to what, uh, you know, that's what it used to be like back, uh, you know, in the, in the uh, turn of the century, turn of the 19th century in the, uh, where you had stores on the corners and that's kind of, you kind of dovetail again into what we, what we do is just to have those local shopping centers and perhaps there will be merchants that will uh, want to do that. We'll see. I'm going to look we, for one. We, we will see. Well, um, this is the last fun question. Who, who, who's your team for the NBA finals? Well, <laughs> I have to, well, I'm a, I'm a, I root for the Mavericks no matter what. So, okay. uh, I'll just have to leave it at that. You know, it's funny. I, I, I'm, I happen to be in a, 
I have a side note. I just happen to be in. Uh, I'm, I'm calling you from uh, Santa Monica, California. Because I happen to be out here, and I was riding my bike yesterday, and this 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 guy pulls up to next to me, dwarfs me. I'm like, that that's the biggest bike I've ever seen. He he's like six foot seven guy. He tells me. It turns out he played uh, basketball for USC. Played uh, professional basketball for the for in Israel for like eight to ten years. He's like I'm the Mike, he's like I'm the Michael Jordan of of Israel. <laughs> All right, that's up, I guess. He goes, look me up, you'll see. I thought he was I thought he was I thought he was boasting until I looked him up and I saw that he was like best best player ever out there. That's that's funny. Yeah, you're the the the, the international players have gotten like. Really, really good, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a Rockets fan, but I, I, I like Dallas. I actually, Luca, and if, and if, um, you know, if Porzingis, Porzingis. stay healthy, yeah, if they can stay healthy and they play together. I mean, they're like legit contenders that that, that uh, they can build around because Luca is, I mean, unguardable. You know, he's he's great. Yeah, we, uh, we have, a, we're lucky that he's so young, and we have, hopefully he'll stay with our team for a long time. Oh uh, yeah, I, th- I think Mark Cuban will do everything it takes to to uh, get Luca what he needs to stay. So so we'll, yeah, we'll we'll see. Well, well, Jeff, thanks for um, taking time out to to share. Uh, I got my questions answered, and I, I learned a, a bunch. You kind of you you helped shine light on because I'm clueless when it comes to real estate and retail industry, but you shine light on some things that I you know thought might be right, uh, and something I thought that I just completely had wrong. Um, you know, uh, from from your perspective, uh, help me clarify that. So thanks. Well, I appreciate you having me. I hope that my perspective will perhaps give you some confidence or some greater insight. And if you decide to invest in retail properties or uh, or a better understanding of kind of what goes on with them. Absolutely. How, how can everybody reach you if they're interested in learning more about brand brand? What, what is it? Not brand properties, but brand brand. Our company is Brand Partners. Our website is brandpartners.co.com, B-R-A-N-D-P-A-R-T-N-E-R-S.co. Um, our uh, Instagram is at Brand Partners Co. And we'd be happy to speak with, with anybody that says they want to learn more about what we do or perhaps invest with us or have us help them find a new location or, or uh advise them on opening stores awesome awesome thank thank, thanks again and you and dan if you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals philip offers complimentary consults through his company stonehill wealth management for more information log on to stonehillwealthmanagement.com forward slash talk that's stonehillwealthmanagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.